Hello, and welcome to a corner bead episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, once again, Nick Harmon. With us today, Rob McKay of ProBead Inc. Rob is unique in that all he does is install corner bead. We discussed that and how that knowledge led him to inventing some really cool tools. And so you're you're taping along and you create a new tool. What was what was the first tool that you created? The first tool was uh the roller, right? The roller. Yeah. But there's already there's already a roller out there, isn't there? Like you're talking about an outside corner applicator roller. Yeah. Like okay. I didn't I didn't make the roller. I just added a a rubber a rubber seal, I guess you would say, over the wheels to help it cinch the paper down better. Okay. Right. What was the uh, what was the seal that you added? You know, you know what you, I used? I used what? a bicycle tube tire. Oh, <laughs> right? okay. Yeah. Tube, and I just cut a ring off it and I would glue it on there and it would yeah. help cinch the paper down, right? Weird. I went, why? It was just that, that little bit of rays on the wheels helped cinch the paper down. And it probably didn't slide around as much, I would say. Didn't slide around and it cinched the paper down. I mean, nothing's perfectly straight, you know? Sure. So if your imperfections, it's going to kind of hit in there a little bit better, I think. Okay. Rob is the first bead person and only bead person we've had on the podcast. And I think you're going to learn some stuff about corner bead on this episode of the Drywall Podcast. The month of July is sponsored by our good friends over the pond at GWI out of Swindon, England, supplying the UK with drywall finishing products since 2021 their claim is delivering quality brands nationwide check them out on facebook instagram or go online and order stuff directly from www.gwiltd.com for all your finishing needs also look for fresco harmony out of gwi soon The Drywall Podcast is also brought to you by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Available at csrbuilding.com. Guests of the Drywall Podcast will also receive a sweet swag bucket care of CSR Building Supplies. We appreciate them for that. But for now, Rob McKay, the corner bead master, on the 56th episode of the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. Pretty cool, huh? It is. Took a while. Took a while to get here, Rob, but we got here. Yeah, bring it on. Um, I do this all the time, you know. Uh, at first, it was like, uh, it was kind of a pain and a little weird, but it's kind of cool, right? You're up in yeah. Vancouver, BC. I'm down here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we could talk oh. about these fancy tools that you make. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> we have Rob McKay, a tool builder out of Vancouver, BC, on the Drywall Podcast today. You were referred to me by Aaron 
of Columbia Tools. And uh, I think I saw one of your tools at CSR when I was up there, maybe, the sponge tool. Yeah, he took a set of them up there for me, yeah. He's And they're so cool, and they're so supportive in that way. Let's back up a little bit. And your your company is called Pro Bead Inc., correct? Yes, yeah. Okay. And uh, so what's your background? Are you a, are you a dry, you know, do you come from the trade? Are you a drywall finisher or a hanger by trade? Uh, my, I sprayed and boarded and um, then got into bead, right? Okay. Just beading, that's all we do is bead. And um, we used to do quite a few of the towers in Vancouver before 2010. What does that mean? Up. What does that mean? You beaded? You just put on the corner bead? That's it. This specialized in bead, right? Okay. Yeah. So we've probably done an excess of uh, twenty-five million feet throughout the years. Okay. Right. So we didn't build these tools to become tool makers. To be honest with you, we just yeah. built them out of necessity because we felt that the tools on the market weren't good with those hard plastic wheels and stuff like that. Right. It seemed yeah. like uh, after a year or so they started to get the proper taper. Right. Okay. Um, they never were designed with a, you know, like a 90 degree, you know, taper, like such as these. Right. And then also at the beginning, I was putting just a little rubber, coating around the wheel to help cinch the paper down and then i realized that if i ever did want to take these to market i'd have to make them a little more professional so what yeah. we've done is we've machined the wheels and then we've got a silicone well hold up hold up a second before we get into talking about these awesome okay. tools Let's back up, man. We got to establish a storyline here. Okay. Uh, who is Rob McKay? How do you have the the nerve to make these tools? Um, you know, when you you started in the trade, uh, well, why did you end up in corner beading? I mean, what? How come you didn't do? How come you weren't like a full fledged like drywall finisher? Were you in the union? Were you not in the union? You know, t take me through your the this the the history there a little bit. How you got into the trade? Well, basically, I got into it with my brother was okay. doing bead, right? And out here, um, they had like bead bead crews, okay. Um, mainly weird. because we're we're doing it. That's all we're doing every day. So. You're 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 the first bead specific applicator that we've had on the show, right? Okay. I mean, stop, stop me if I'm wrong. Most people, it's like the hanger puts on the corner bead or the finisher puts on tape on corner bead. It's not, you know, beading is not necessarily a thing. So talk to me a little bit about that, that you guys were specialized in putting on the corner bead. Somebody would hang the sheetrock. Somebody would finish it. You guys would bead, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So why we were successful, I guess, is because we showed them that we could do it probably quality better than possibly the tapers because that's all we did. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, day in and day out. And, you know, we also put a crew together. So we were pretty efficient. 
right? Right. So a lot of these jobs, when they get it turned over to them for drywall, yeah, they have only a certain amount of time before they've got to turn it back over for paint, right? Okay. Okay. So if their taping crew isn't efficient at beating, it's going to take them a while and that is going to slow their completion time down. Right. So, okay. you know, we would do a, a f basically the crew does about 500 feet an hour. Right. Okay. So these tapers, you know, obviously they're not going to be as efficient as us. Right. And, you know, the companies realize we're doing better quality work than probably the tapers because they're, you know, like I say, they're not doing it every day as much as we are. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's tricks, tricks to everything and, and, and production and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. How did you get into, how did you get into beating? Uh, well, my brother, basically my brother was, got into it. He was, he was a full-fledged drywall boarded tape. And then okay. he's seen the, the niche for B, right? And, you know, if you can learn to put it on efficiently, you can make good money at it, right? So I was actually a metal finisher by trade. And then he kind of showed me what he was doing. And I liked it and got into it in uh, the early 80s, right? Were you working and with your bro your brother at the time? At first, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. At first, I was, and then I just went on my own. Yeah. Did he show you the ropes a little bit? He showed me the techniques of installing. Yeah, for sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. You know, back back then, I think we were putting metal bead on, nailing it on by hand. Yeah, with a crimper. We did use a crimper for high rise before they let us actually air gun staple it on on the metal because okay. the gauge is thin so the staples will go through it right why so, are staples better faster than faster okay and screwing back then in steel stud you would either crimp it yeah or screw it and screwing would probably take forever and it's kind of a overkill you could say right yeah yeah. Now, do you glue? Do you use glue? We were using some some DSA glue at the time, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Glue. We'd glue it and clinch it. Okay. And then, um, and then paper bead came out, started to become out more. Uh, yeah. Probably in um, mid to late 80s out here anyways. Yeah. What do you think about paper bead and vinyl bead, like the Trimtech stuff? Myself, I think vinyl bead is the way of the future. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Because and of the, you know, unstable metal costs and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, gluing okay. paper, gluing paper on metal can have its you know disadvantages in production as well, right? As far as yeah, yeah, adhesion and stuff like that. But paper yeah. bead's a good product for sure, right? Paper beads good too. Now, so you guys were doing it all though. Would you also put on tape on corner bead if like the general contractor wanted tape on corner bead? Yeah, like no coat and stuff like that, you mean? Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So you yeah, would do no. you would do whatever whatever bead needed to be done. You were experts in all applications of corner bead. 
Yeah, 90 degree inside outside angle channel, okay. no coat. Um, okay. All shadow trims and the yeah, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it gets pretty. It gets pretty involved uh, when you get into the specialty corner beads, especially that stuff by Trim Techs. You know, um, yeah. you know, you need a chop saw. You know, for yeah. some of it, if you want to do a good job, right? That's how we did it. We used saw. We used we used saw for um, even some of the metal bead we got. Yeah, blades, right? Makes yeah. a better cut, right? Yeah, it's, cl it's yeah. cleaner. You nice guys are probably you are probably a badass corner bead applicator. Like any finisher would be very happy to follow you. A lot of people like our work for sure. <laughs> That's why we were successful. You know, because right? I've I've followed some shitty corner bead applicators for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cut yeah. it out and throw it up. Yeah, you know, gaps and shit. You know, yeah, yeah, your no, stuff's we... probably all mitered tight. We cut pretty tight for sure. I'll bet you do. I'll bet you yeah. do. So you're you're installing corner bead. You have how many tools have you have you have evolved? And let's like talk about the first tool that came to you. What was it? When did it come to you? For for the paper bead. Uh so you have different tools for different beads. Well, we don't. We only use paper bead now. Now right. you only okay. You only use paper bead tape yeah. on. Do yeah. you use do you use one of those machines where you slide the paper bead through the hopper and get yes. the mud on it that way? Okay. So yeah. and we, then we, you're cutting all. Are you still cutting the paper bead with a with a miter with a with a miter saw? No, just with snips. With the snips, okay. Yeah. And so you're you're taping along. And you create a new tool. What was what was the first tool that you created? The first tool was uh, the roller, right? The roller. Yeah. But there's already there's already a roller out there, isn't there? Like you're talking about an outside corner applicator roller. Yeah. Like okay. I didn't I didn't make the roller. I just added a a rubber a rubber seal i guess you would say over the wheels to help it cinch the paper down better okay right? what was the uh what was the seal that you added you know you know what you... i used i used what? a bicycle tube tire oh <laughs> right? okay yeah tube, and i just cut a ring off it and i would glue it on there and it would okay. help cinch the paper down right weird i went why it was just that that little bit of rays on the wheels helped cinch the paper down and it probably didn't slide around as much i would say didn't slide around and it cinched the paper down i mean nothing's perfectly straight you know sure. so your imperfections it's going to kind of hit in there a little bit better i think okay um yeah it was successful for us cool right? yeah you know? yeah that's pretty cool um so you put these bicycle tube sort of what'd you call them like little ringlets I, yeah whatever you want to call it yeah. you were like whatever bicycle tube you could cut out a bunch out of a out of a tube right yeah and yeah. you guys only had a couple of uh and and one of them would last you a while well this isn't like revolutionary i mean you could sell the little bicycle tubes where, where do you go from there after that then we started making our own 
wheels with a proper taper okay right, that fit the bead on day one and then what do you mean by that what do you mean by that wheels with a proper taper that fit the bead on day one just elaborate traditionally if you look at the rollers on the market they have uh they have just a, a step right they don't have uh uh full-blown like nice taper right do you have you had a you had a little roller there if you pull it up into your camera we can kind of see what you're talking and i can explain a little bit about what's going on here like they're not a perfect cylinder they taper out from the inside okay yeah and that is to clinch it kind of so as you roll it clinches that paper bead it fits the bead perfectly Right. So so this is what you came up with, a tapered roller as opposed to your uh your bicycle tube design. Yeah, start. I started okay. using the, the metal taper and then to make it more pro we put a silicone tube over the wheel. Okay. Right? And that's and the cincher. Do you make this roller? I make everything on the roller, yes, sir. Everything on the roller, but we not the roller. It, we designed it all. Yeah, we designed it so there's no okay. bolt on the end that's going to hit the wall or in tight spaces, right? Okay, so uh, you have your own corner outside corner applicator roller. Yes, sir. Okay, and you sell these. Uh, where do you sell these? To the um, drywall distributors in Vancouver. Okay. Half of them are selling them. What is well? What what are some locations where people could go find these tools? Uh, dry coal, okay. coast, crown, FBM. Okay. And how many how many distributors do you have selling this tool? I think about six. About six. Okay, excellent. And how long have you been selling this particular tool? On the market, not long. Not, not long. long. We just introduced it like last year, really. Okay. And how are they doing? Are they getting a decent response? They're 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 doing okay, but yeah. My problem is making a tool like this is expensive, even yeah. my cost. Right. Yeah. So for the guys, they'll go in and look at them. They like them, but they're you know quite a bit more than your regular roller, right? And, Okay. And people don't understand what it is either. Like this, the roller also, I've lengthened it out so it actually will work for any bead on the market, including no coat, hydro trim. It looks like mm-hmm. a really fantastic design. So yeah. how much how much is a re- a regular uh roller versus your roller retail? Your regular roller is around 80, 90 bucks. Okay. Right. These these we've got to sell for one fifty minimum. Okay, okay, and that's not even a huge profit margin. Sure. Right. So me as a uh, me as a consumer, I want to buy, I want to buy your roller. What? Why is paying that extra money beneficial for me to buy your roller? Well, if you try the other rollers and you try our roller, our roll our roller is also it's. Kind of heavy when people pick it up. That's what they say. Oh, it's heavy. They don't think about the whole picture, and 
that roller, once you set it up, once you put it on the corner, you don't have to put any pressure on it. The weight okay. of the roller is kind of setting it all and very little pressure required to set okay. the bead, right? That's the difference. If the, the hard plastic rollers, you got to put a bit of weight on them to get them okay. to cinch down. You know what I mean? That's a pretty badass roller. Um, and, you know, when you're rolling bead all day like you guys, man, that made a big difference, right? It did. Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah. you're jo you're you're joining the ranks of the insane who have created drywall tools for the drywall industry, and now you are charged with the task of trying to sell to these highly resistant drywall finishers a new method. Well, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, they're all everybody's. Yeah. Everybody's set in their ways, right? And yeah. People don't want to try it. People don't want to change, right? But yeah, yeah. It's like anything, once you try something and then you realize, hey, like, there's the guys that do buy them and use them, they love them, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. you are getting good feedback. Now, yeah. I would, maybe if I was you, I would get a couple of testimonials from these guys that have used a regular roller. They've gone and used your roller. And do you have a name for this tool, just out of curiosity? For the roller? Yeah. Nothing special, just bead roller. Ooh, you you have the name right there. Nothing special. Like that's what you call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Nothing Special by Rob McKay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, have you thought about coming up with a name for, for this tool? Not specifically, no. I no. think you should. Maybe. I think you should. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, some something neat. I like how it butterflies out like that. Like you could call it the butterfly roller or something cool like that that like differentiates it from other rollers, you know? Yeah. It is yeah. a neat it is a neat design. Um nobody's making one like it. Have have you looked into patents and things like this around this roller? There's actually actually this came from my lawyer yesterday and okay. yeah, we actually have a design patent on it. And fabulous. Then, yeah. Now, is it a patent pending or is it uh, actual? Did you actually no, get a patent? Uh, it's actually a, a utility patent. Very cool. Very cool. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't starting out to be a tool maker. My daughter actually seen the other tool I made and she's the one that said, Dad, you got a patent that everybody, every taper that's seen it kind of picked it out of the pail and asked what it was, right? you want i'll bring that one out right now right the the it's just a simple very simple device using for cleaning the bead for after. cleaning for cleaning the bead yeah yeah so well after. let's let's go along the timeline i imagine that this this uh this second tool and that, how many tools do you have in all just the two just two. I'm working on other things that I can't really expose right now. Right. Okay, that's fine. But, but, um, yeah. you enjoy you enjoy sort of coming up with these ideas now. You your your inspiration has been sparked a little bit. You like, you know, it's cool to come up with new new ideas that hopefully can help other tradesmen out and make the job a little easier. Um, initially so, it was just for me, but yeah, I'm sharing it now. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. And, and you know, uh what what inspired you to share the idea? Just was it just about, hey man, I can make a lot of money selling these. They work really well for me. I think people really like them. You know, 
but to be honest with you, it's not really, honestly, it's not really about the money, you could say. Sure, sure. You're never going to make huge money making a quality tool like this. Right. Right? What's it about? You know? What's it about? It's just sharing. It's just, I'll tell you, when I go somewhere and see, say, other companies or other people installing bead and the way they're doing it, I just kind of get frustrated, right? And lack of knowledge on their part but in their defense like nobody showed them like you know like we've even my brothers like we've when we do something we always look at how can we do it quicker faster more efficient right yeah yeah and that's how we've come up with these these ideas when i did the whole sponge is when we were doing the olympic village we did the whole village in 10 months or whatever it was okay pretty much every unit there had a draw Right. So you're jumping up and down on horses all day. Right. Okay. And then as I was just looking, think we were using sponges to clean the bead at that time, anyways. And then I thought, well, why don't I just make a little metal thing that holds it in this angle and just you just dip in water and wipe it down and it cleans it in like three seconds instead of jumping up and down. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what kind of the drops. Yeah. You can basically walk and do the whole drop. Right, it is on our website. We show some, you know, some videos of how we do it. What's the website? Probead Inc. dot com. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so and for you all listening, uh, if you're born in a cave or if you don't know that, uh when you run corner beads sometimes you get mud on the corner bead which then you have to scrape down with the edge of your knife everybody knows well some people know i still see people using the flat edge of the knife but you always want to use the the off edge of your knife because if you hit that metal or corner bead it'll create a burr on your uh, on the corner of your blade but a lot of people will scrape their corner bead down down here in the southwest we have a lot of uh bullnose corner bead which this okay. tool this tool yeah. would be phenomenal for bullnose because you get a larger buildup of mud this is a buildup of mud when you're running those angles you get a buildup of mud on your corner bead this is a sponge essentially that is fashioned in a uh right angle so that you can dip and it's on a pole so you dip the sponge into water. It's kind of kinked at a at a ninety degree angle, and then you can you can clean off your corner bead quickly and efficiently with this tool. What Sweet. immediately what immediately occurs to me is that like you could have a detachable system where this uh, tool fashion uh, fashions to the uh, roller pole, and then you just have one pole, two tools. Yeah, we well, we don't do that. We just use it either way, right? Either okay, other so you have to, you have a different pole for each tool. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. And do and I imagine you don't have a name for this tool either, which you we should definitely we just call it the pole sponge. <laughs> the pole sponge and the pole and the pole roller. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what did, do you have any pictures of the early uh, pole sponge or pole uh, roller that you could send me? 
I never took pictures. No. Okay. And they see the first um, pole sponge I made was uh, I bought a cleaning device from um, Home Depot. Okay. You just cut the ends off and then that metal was bent already. And okay. then I just wired it in somehow. Right. Yeah. And this this here we made it. So this this comes off like that. Let me, well, right. you gotta put it up so that when you see yours in the camera there, that the whole mechanism is in the camera so that so that I can okay. see what you're doing right. there. So this here we just have a wire. Okay. Neat. It's got a little hole up there, right? So you just hit the one. It's got a little hook down here, right? Okay. You just pull that out. Out comes a sponge. Oh, cool. Right? That's sweet. And then it screws in it. Very simple. And so, uh, and then uh, this is kind of cool because then you can sell, you can resell these sponges over and over. I haven't got involved with the sponge, but eventually that would be another part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to keep everything um, North American made, you could say. Yeah, right? sure. That, yeah, that's kind of the issue with costs, right? Right, right. So, I mean, all the reputable tool makers are all North American made. Products. Yeah, but you have to understand. Sometimes, man, it's hard to compete when you're a little guy. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta like, uh, you know, maybe you'll have to go get get a component from China or something so you could. You know, we act, we dogs. actually we actually did, but even coming out of there, they're not much cheaper. Right. And what about Aaron though? Can you, have you talked to him about uh, making tools for you over there at Columbia? I haven't talked to him about making my tools. Not, um, not the whole tool, but like components of the tool. We haven't discussed that. They, okay. they like, they like them all the, a uh, few of the, you know, major tool makers have seen them and they all, they all like them. Um, yeah. Talk to one. I won't mention who it is right now, but yeah, that's okay. He might take he might take it over, right? Okay, okay, yeah, because right. it's a good idea. Yeah. You might want to partner with somebody that can really ramp up sales. You know, yeah, they have distribution. You know, like yeah. I'm just a little guy. And come yeah. up with a good idea and whatnot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. A great idea, I think. Um, you know, that that roller is really cool. That would be attractive to me. I think it would be attractive to, if it was set properly in a shop or store, you know, with some good advertising, boom, butterfly roller, you know, the best roller since sliced bread or whatever, you know, uh, you know, shave, shave, you know, shave you know a day off of your next you know corner bead project however you want to market it you know i think that it would be pretty attractive even at the price point you know it's cool looking like it's a different concept that's the thing right and the time and money it's gonna save you the pay for the roller and two or three jobs you do you know right there you go there you go so, yeah it's it's mentality of the way people think and change right yeah yeah so you um so you've invented these tools you're in a couple distributors in 
uh, Vancouver, BC, uh, Dryco and, and whatnot. Um, how are you marketing to other distributors aside from the person that shall not be named who might consider taking it on under their wing, going in their downline for distribution for the product? Um, are you doing other things to try and market and distribute it? Nothing, nothing okay. too crazy yet or anything. No, just in nothing Vancouver too crazy. Right are you making videos? Yeah. Uh, we've made videos that are on the site. Okay. Right? Shows how we how we install. I've even uh, posted a few tips on how we do our production, just for cutting the beads, sending it in designated areas. Beautiful. You know, um, just to help, just to spread some knowledge, right? I think you could have a whole angle on like the corner bead, you know, because nobody really does. Nobody really specializes in just corner bead, you know, having like a YouTube page or something where you guys just like talk about all your tricks and tips to making applying corner bead faster and more efficient. Like that would be interesting, I think, to a lot of finishers. For sure. Like if you, well, if you look at our site and the way we install, and then you do go to, like you say, punch in installing paper face corner bead okay. the guys that are doing it they're not doing it in a production way we do it so and i'm not going to knock them for the way no, they're doing no it. but um yeah definitely you know it's all we do so we have to come up with an efficient way right yeah you yeah know? but um yeah definitely we like the beadbox system opposed yep. to the applicating system it's just we've put it on all different ways and that works best for us, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Neat. And uh, you're still, uh, you are still installing corner bead. Uh, that's primarily what you do. What's the company that you work with right now? We work for several different companies. Okay. Right. Not just not just one in Vancouver. Okay. We we've worked for all the big players in Vancouver at one time or another. Sure. And you say yeah. when you say we, what do you mean? Me and my crew. You and your crew. Yeah. And this is your company? Yes. And what's the what's the name of your company? ProBeat Pro, Inc. ProBeat Inc. Okay. Yeah. And so ProBeat Inc. is your company that installs corner bead. ProBeat Inc. is also the company that manufactures tools. Yes, sir. Okay. So they're under the same umbrella. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. And how many people are on your crew? Right now, five. Nice. And you guys just tear it up with the corner bead. Pretty much. Yeah. You go in and uh, you got a, a couple of chop saws and you probably have some baller corner bead applicators and it's just all corner bead. Do you, do you finish the bead after the bead is on ever? No, we just install no. it, clean it and on our way. Okay. Move on. So what is your cleaner though? Isn't your cleaner mostly for the drywall finishers, not for your guys? The sponge tool, the sponge, the pole sponge. Pole sponge. <laughs> that's just, that's for us. That's just to keep the bead clean. Like, you know, when they go and fill it, they don't want to have barnacles on there because then they're going to have yeah, problems. Yeah, so yeah. Then you sure get... It's like squeaky clean, right? Okay. But that, but theoretically that tool would work for cleaning off mud. That's what it does. That Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what occurs to me, but you use it just to clean off like the excess little 
chunkies and stuff that get on there. Barnacles, as you say, that's a good word. Well, we're not cleaning barnacles because we're cleaning it when it's still wet. Okay. Right? Okay. You know, like right after it's rolled, we clean it so it doesn't have time to dry. Oh, right. So you're using mud though with the with the paper applicator in that in that scenario. I, I'm I'm thinking metal. I, I've all kind. You know, I'm thinking just metal. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't have any mud, but when you're using a roller to put on paper tape on corner bead, that corner bead's messy. You clean it off nice and pretty, and then you just have these elated finishers coming behind you, finishing behind immaculate corner bead. Pretty much. Yeah. How nice how nice must that be for them? <laughs> yeah, that's what makes this kind of successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you have and, a pretty good you have a pretty good relationship with the uh, drywall finishers that you guys are going in front of. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You have to that's our job to make the tapers happy, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd think, you'd think, you know, the if the drywall hangers thought that way, we would be living in a completely different world. Well, they like I know a little bit about back east the way they do it. Um, out here in Canada, anyway, they, from what I've seen, we actually went to Montreal one time to do a demo on this product, not my stuff, but the paper B product, trying to promote it out there with, uh, actually was with Dryco, but those guys, it's all union out there, and the borders, hangers as you call them, they put the bead on, so they're putting metal bead on, and then they're putting mesh tape over the metal bead. Yeah. Right? So, you know, in our view, it's pretty timely, you know, way to do it. But Yeah, we did it that – I was just talking about this. We did it that way in Colorado. The The ground, you know, it's high up, so you have – it's snowy mountain town. So you, you have ice in the in the ground, so you have a lot of settling. So okay. we always did, one of the dudes would put on the corner bead on our crew, and then we would mesh tape it and finish it with quickset joint compound. Yeah, it's a, it's a good method, but it's time consuming. It's right? time consuming. It makes a pretty strong, uh, makes a pretty strong corner though. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. No, it's, it's very good. Um, just time consuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So what does the future hold for, uh, Pro Bead Inc. and Rob McKay. Oh, just trying to keep at it and maybe build it a bit bigger, right? Um, lots of work, lots of towers going up in Vancouver again. Yeah. Right. So we'll we'll see. Are getting you noticing? Close... Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, getting close to the end of my career, right? But my guys will will probably keep on. Yeah. How old are you? What, like thirty five? Yeah. <laughs> Coming up at 63. <laughs> 63 yeah. years young. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? When, of, what are you going to do when you retire? I don't know. Hopefully build tools. <laughs> Just putter around and build some tools, man. It's kind of yeah. fun to it's fun to market a tool. It's challenging in this space, but it is fun. You probably had a lot of fun tooling these tools and making them, right? That's different. I'm always out in the garage, you know, doing something or thinking of something better yeah. ways, more efficient ways. And yeah, you know, I asked my guys, I said, "What? What would? It, what would? What do you think it would be like without these tools?" And they, like they said, be probably pretty frustrating. <laughs> 
you know? Yeah. See, that's those are the videos, man. That's the gold that you want for marketing purposes. You want to talk to your guys and be like, why on earth? You know, and just play devil's advocate and be like, why do you want Why would you use these tools and let them answer in their own words? You know, well, because it embeds the tape better, you know, it saves me time. Um, you know, I can clean the stick of bead in nothing versus taking five minutes to like clean off the corner bead, you know. Yeah, and also, I never got into it, but also these tools are designed to be easier on your shoulders, right? Like, to be honest with you, I have two rotator cuff problems. I've had surgeries okay. and stuff like that. And that's from all of the, the wear and tear and pushing so hard, right? Like if yeah. you're using that knife all day in that, guys in the trade know, right? Older guys, yeah. they they're all sore. So these yeah. tools are designed to be easier on your, your shoulders, like way less pressure required. That's right? a good point. So, yeah. Yeah. So if they figure that and buy into that, they'll be less painful <laughs> for them and more efficient, right? Yeah. Is there any tips that you could give our listening audience on how to install corner bead or finish corner bead uh, minus using the pull sponge and the pull roller? Because that, obviously that's going to speed up their efficiency on a, a corner bead application. But since you do it all the time, what is the biggest thing that you see some of these applicators doing that they could change in their uh, uh, corner bead application that would save them a ton of time, if you could uh, tell tell our listening audience. Basically, it's how you're cutting it, where you're setting your bead, right? Say okay. if you're doing it a townhouse or a house, even for that matter. Okay. Each room is going to have, you know, like a window or two and a closet and a stand up or two, possibly. Yep. So we, we pre cut all that. And we just set it right by the doorway. So then the guys installing the bead are going to come and throw it through the bead box. And then they'll do a certain amount of area, depending on the temperature and the, the building, say, right? You can't keep pulling it out. It's going to dry, right? Okay. Yeah. So you're going to do maybe a room or two, or, or depending how the system's running, or you're going to just have that cut by the doorway. I think I showed that in on my site there and throw it through the box, have it placed back. And it's pretty mathematical where the pieces are going to go. It might look like a puzzle at the beginning. Yeah. But if you're the cutting it, you know where it's going to go back, right? Yeah. Sometimes you can leave it. header might be that it. wide, but a window header is going to be, you know, and it's just visual. You're going to figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so the main. You, that's the main thing I would think is just be more efficient in where you're leaving your bead and cutting it and putting it back on, right? Okay, all right. And now, when you're installing like a window, do you do like let's say you have a full window that you're installing that's four four lengths of bead? Do you do two sides and then you know the verticals first and then the horizontals? How do you do that? We 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 pre-cut everything. You right? pre-cut everything. Yeah, out here, it's kind of rare that there's four-sided because usually it's the window still there. Sure. Right? But um, it's all pre-cut. Obviously, cutting four-sided windows pre-cut is going to be a little more challenging. 
because you want it to fit perfect. You don't want to have, you know, big gaps. Right, right. Big, so big. on a four on a four uh, length window, would you leave the horizontals and do like the sides first? Install those, then cut your horizontals on everything. You know what? To be honest with you, the, the way I would do it, the way I do do it is, I would cut the top and bottom header. Okay. Them together and place them on the bottom. Then my sides, because because bead is going to push out. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you cut the sides from top to bottom without the bead there, when you go and put the top to bottom on, it's going to be tight, right? And we're not yeah. going to force that. We're not going to force that bead. So I would, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say stack the two pieces and then get my cut for the sides. So that's okay. going to, the bead knows I've left room for it there. So there shouldn't be an issue unless your window's not level. Okay. Right. All right. That kind of makes sense. You know sense. what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Because sometimes also you have you have variations on the window size, you know, or you know the top's going to be a, a little bit larger than the bottom in some instances. You know, it's out of plumb a little bit. Nothing's ever perfect. Yeah. Right? Probably more yeah. so. Probably more so in commercial uh, commercial drywall. You know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of a gap is good because, like you say, there's always going to be movement, anyways, right? Okay. You know, yeah. always movement and settling, so it doesn't have to be like tight, tight, right? It's in time. Yeah. It's going to move. So having a, you know, like a small, you know, space isn't yeah. going to hurt anything, right? Yeah. I don't were, think. Were you the one that was asking me when I called to do the interview? Were you asking me what's in it for me? Was that you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I just thought you were going to charge me, <laughs> charge me something. And nothing's for free in this world so far that I've found, right? Well, the Drywall you Podcast know. is, buddy. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> hopefully, 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 it spreads some word out there for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And rumor has it you're going to get a swag bucket from CSR. So I think you're going to get like some cool stuff from CSR. Awesome. Uh, possibly a shirt and uh three way and maybe a color pack from Fresco Harmony. And well, know, I was telling my a... daughter about yeah. that, right? She's an interior designer. Okay. And I said, I don't know much about it, but he was explaining like it's it's colored mud, right? Yeah. And yeah. so she was interested to see it, right? Yeah. So yeah, so we were that's right. We were having a conversation about I was like, oh, well, I started the drywall podcast to talk to drywallers like you about these cool ideas that you're coming up with or how you got into the trade. What's your story? You know, it's interesting to me that you've just done bead for years and years and years. And mm -hmm. like, you know, if anybody out there is looking for some tips or suggestions about corner bead, like you're the master, you know, and that's one aspect of drywall finishing, but it's a pretty important aspect. And you've created these dynamic tools you know, that's interesting to me. I think it's interesting to our listener, but the byproduct also is like, hey, it's sponsored by Fresco Harmony, you know? So, you know, when I talk to somebody like Aaron, much like he did for you, he can, you know, uh, support me. I can support you. I can support Columbia. I can support Can-Am. I yeah. can support CSR or Trimtex. Yeah. And we, and we all, I think in this trade, especially, I think it's very beneficial that we all support each other, especially smaller businesses. Uh, Corey uh, Fisher with the Tech Dry Tool, Shane 
Larson with the platformer. You know, we have these guys, uh, uh, this, uh, the spy sponge, you know, we have these guys that are coming up with these new ideas that are very cool and very innovative and they are us, you know, you or me, like we're, we're all, you know, coming up with cool ideas and how cool is it that we get to, you know, share those ideas with each other, you know? Well, yeah. And like, part of my thing is, and like, I always maintain this, like in the industry, it seems like the corner beat aspect of it has always kind of been overlooked, you know, like all these fancy tool makers make brilliant, awesome tools for, you know, filling and, and taping and everything else. But they've neglected the bead part I felt right. You know, yeah. like I'm not putting any of them down. They all have make pretty good products, but yeah. as far as the beading tools, I just feel that they've lacked there. Right. But yeah. And interesting, an another marketing uh, angle would be that, especially with Fresco Harmony too, the eye always goes to the corner bead. It always goes to the inside angle and the core and the outside angle it always goes to the your uh, your angles if your angles yes. aren't sharp and clean that's the first thing the client's going to notice you know um that's just my experience yeah so or flashing, yeah. Or yep. flashing or cracking or whatnot right yeah, yeah yeah definitely and of course that's always where the beads failing is you know it's failing in the corners when the house goes to shift after it's been sitting a little bit well, yeah, and that's why they out here, you know, the story out here was we always use metal bead and then all of a sudden we had to learn to do paper bead. We weren't tapers, so we had to yeah. learn that aspect of it. And, you know, the it was CGC actually back then that was promoting paper bead in Vancouver in a harsh okay. way. So, and they proved that, you know, there's way less callbacks, way less comeback. It's not cracking in time. So when yeah. the... The, the you know the builders and the drywall companies agreed with all that and that just got on a roll and that's all they use out here there you go um uh so so yeah so if and if you guys are too if you're curious about uh, fresco harmony you can go to frescoharmony.com my website yeah. you can check it out on csr there's a ton of videos on youtube which i think is an extremely valuable tool um instagram facebook you know it's it's important for us to be on all those platforms if we're marketing uh if we're marketing a new tool and stuff and i'm also happy to talk with you offline about you know marketing ideas if you ever want to pick my brain or anything like that that goes okay. to all our listeners too i love talking about marketing it's fun for me um yeah. one thing i ask every interviewee that comes on the show is a uh, pearl of wisdom for the drywall community. What would it be if you could tell the drywall community something inspirational from Rob McKay, you know, something special? Give our tools a chance and it'll make a difference in your production for sure, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Try the, uh, try the pro bead ink tools the pole sponge and the pole roller soon to be cooler names maybe who knows maybe we'll just stick with pole roller and pull and pole sponge those are good yeah um but drywallers uh, like to keep it simple yeah keep it simple and that's not a bad that's not a bad thing um 
Rob, thanks for being with us on the show today, man. Uh, this will drop in a couple weeks, and um, I'll let you know. And if you have any questions for Rob, how do they get a hold of you? I can drop me an email at ProBead Inc. Okay. And right. it's probeadinc.ca or com, either one of them. Okay. ProBead so Inc. will come up online anywhere. They can find your email through the website. Why don't you tell them what your email is really quick? That's pro. Well, my personal email is robmc88 at Talus. There you go. ProBead Inc. is just ProBead Inc. at Talus.com as well, I think. All right. And, uh, and they've got the website and stuff. So cool, man. We'll, uh, I appreciate you being on the show. We'll talk soon. I appreciate your time too. Thank you so much. All right. You have a good day, sir. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, buddy. All right, bye. Bye. Special thanks to Rob McKay for being with us on the Drywall Podcast today. Very appreciative for your time and knowledge. Look for a swag bucket from the wonderful folks over at csrbuilding.com. Also, shout out to GWI Drywall Supply out of Swindon, England for sponsoring the Drywall Podcast in the month of July. Now offering Fresco Harmony in a limited capacity, but we are sending over a ton of Fresco Harmony very soon. And yours truly, Nick Harmon, will be doing a training in England soon. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to on your favorite platforms. Platforms like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also YouTube. And I know that's a it's available on a gaggle of others as well. Thank you so much for tuning into the Drywall Podcast today. You guys listening are what make this possible for me and other drywall professionals, and I'm very appreciative. You can catch the Drywall Podcast next Friday and every Friday, but until then, keep drywalling.